VIP. Let's kick it. Welcome everyone, this is another episode of That Record Got Me High, I'm your host Rob Elba. This is another special bonus patron curated episode. We do these from time to time, this is where patrons of the show get to put in their submissions on a theme. This episode is that song that samples, references, or pays tribute to another song got me high. And you know, it's ridiculous, I feel like I say this every time when we do one of these episodes, all the submissions I got, I always say, this is, is the best one. This could be the best one yet, but I'm sorry. I just can't help it. This one could be the best one yet. I just got such unbelievable submissions from all of the patrons. I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to even yap about it. I'm just going to get right to it. Just real quick, uh, if you want to become a patron of this show and then you'll be able to participate in these episodes, it's really fun. And I think people really enjoy it and people really enjoy listening to them too. Uh, you just go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH. You can become a patron the show you could start contributing to these episodes like our first contributor mr josh metzger he's going to start things off take it away josh hey rob and fellow trgmhers this is josh metzger and my pick for the song that references another song that got me high is uh, Velvet Underground by Jonathan Richmond uh, from his 1991 album I Jonathan. Uh, it's just it's just really really good. He um, well here you you just listen to it. Uh, I think you guys will love it. Thanks. They were wild like the USA. A mystery band in a New York way Rock and roll but not like the rest And to me, America at its best How in the world would they make that sound? Velvet Underground A spooky tone on a Fender bass Played less notes and left more space Stayed kinda still, looked kinda shy Kinda far away, kinda dignified How in the world would they make that sound? Velvet Underground Well you could look at that band And wonder where All that sound was coming from With just four people there Twangy sounds of the cheapest types Sounds as stark as black and white stripes Bold and brash, sharp and rude Like the heat turned off and you're low on food How in the world are they making that sound? Velvet Underground like this Tuck and Sally inside She's cooking for the down fire She's staring at Miss Rayon She's busy licking up her pusher's hand Alright, thank you Josh, great pick And uh, now we have a newer patron uh, He's became a patron a little while ago And he's contributed to a couple of episodes already he is in Sweden, I believe. Uh, let's welcome back Mikkel Persson. Hello, Mikkel from Sweden here. My choice this week is Blindness by The Fall, preferably the Peel version. Usually rappers sample rock groups, but here it's the other way around, where the smashing bass line was nicked from Roots Maneuvers. Witness the fitness. Task master burst of bionic zip splitter. Break next beans, we drown ten pints of bitter. We lean all day, and some say they ain't productive. Could that depend upon the demon that you're stuck with? They're right uh, self referencing as well in the lyrics. An older song by the fall called Chicago Now, among other things. So without further ado, The Fall from the Long, Long Days Up. Whoop!
Pascal always appreciates submissions. R.I.P. Uh, Marky Smith. I love the fall. All right. So now we have a longtime uh, patron of the show and patron episode contributor uh, with a really, as usual, really great heartfelt pick uh, that referenced a song that I had no idea about any of this, but it's awesome. So let's hand it over to Izo Besares. Hi, Rob and fellow listeners. This is Izo Besares. So a song that pays tribute to another song got me high. Immediately came to mind Eric Carmen's 1975 hit, All By Myself. I know, Rob, it's funny, but I loved that song when I was a child and uh, I was in love with pop music at the time. And it actually uh, is based on um, Rachmaninoff's Piano Concerto Number no. 2 in C minor, Opus 18, which of course I wasn't aware of at the time, but I grew to find out uh, later on. And it's just a gorgeous progression, chord progression, and the melody is beautiful. And it's just overall a well-executed pop song, and I've always loved it. Thanks, and enjoy the rest of the show. When I was young, Never needed anyone And making love was just for fun Those days are gone Living alone I think of all the friends I've known Nobody's home So one thing, when we do these episodes, people uh, sometimes will message me, oh, I don't know if someone picked this already. Someone may have picked this. And, you know, ultimately, most, uh, I hardly ever get uh, duplicates. People usually come up with their own things. And, and even though you think it's obvious, it's not. But occasionally, two people will pick the same song. And you know what? That's fine. It's not a big deal. Uh, like these next two, I'm going to put them together. They both, uh, they're both uh, longtime patrons of the show. And they both came up with the same song. And that's fine. And they both have their little different takes on it and it's really uh, the song as you'll see is a perfect song for this episode because it doesn't just reference another song it references a whole bunch of songs so we have that facebook group got me high uh creator he started the facebook group uh the mysterious margarita and then we also have our a longtime super patron tom laurie with the one-two punch take it away guys <laughs> Hey Rob, it's Margarita. Some of the Patreon topics like the happy and sad songs and songs about a place are a lot of fun to think over, but for this one, I don't have that much of a Rolodex in my head for songs that reference other songs or sample other songs. So once again, I'm preaching the gospel of Built to Spill today. Um, one of the things I really like about Doug March is his demeanor. Uh, he doesn't really seem like a rock star. He seems more like a vendor at a farmer's market. I think your listeners are going to recognize some of the lyrics in this song. Hope you're enjoying L.A. Bye. Hey, Rob, and that record got me high, listeners. This is Tom Laurie from St. Pete, Florida. I chose the song You Were Right from Built to Spill's album Keep It Like a Secret, 1999. Fantastic album. Uh, love Built to Spill, and this is one of their best. Uh, this song starts off with the positive note of Bob Marley's um, Everything's Gonna Be Alright, but then it pretty much says, no, nope, no, nope, uh, everything's not gonna be alright. Here's all the, the lyric snippets that uh, choose to disagree with that. So, 
Instead of writing his own negatives, he just plucked them from uh, about 12 different bands. And uh, I'll let you uh, remember and figure out what those bands are. It's got so many references in it uh, on the negative side. And uh, to the point where Warner Brothers had to secure, right before the album was released, some, uh, some rights to make sure they didn't get in trouble for it. But anyway, enjoy. Everything's not going to be all right. contributor Corey Debrowa. Corey always, you know, everyone does great. And I always tell people, don't be intimidated. I know some people, you know, send in submissions and they really dig in and it's almost like they have their own little mini show when they send in, but it's also fine just to send in, you know, the song and make it really quick, short and sweet. Corey does not do that, but he always comes up with the goods and brings a really well thought out contribution and brings a lot of knowledge to the show. So I'm just going to hand it over to Corey Debrowa. Hey, Rob and fellow patrons, Corey DeBrowa coming to you today from the ranch here in Central Oregon. The song that samples another song that got me high is Deja Vu by Lord Tariq and Peter Guns, which, of course, very prominently samples Steely Dan's Black Cow, the lead track from their 1977 album Asia. There's a great backstory here. Steely Dan's Donald Fagan and the late Walter Becker are infamous for snatching the publishing to this song which is a very gangster, kind of a hip-hop move, honestly. Tariq and Guns had released the song independently. It became a huge hit, and they were signed to a multi-million dollar deal with Sony. But to re-release Deja Vu as a Sony single, they were obliged to clear the sample, which cost them 100% of the publishing royalties, sole writing credit for Fagan and Becker, and $115,000 cash. It proved to be Tariq and Guns' only hit from their only album, and essentially they never saw a dime from its release. Steely Dan has an episode of the video series Classic Albums, which features a scene with Fagan uh, sort of celebrating this whole situation. And there's a clip on YouTube with Fagan and Becker sitting at a console in a studio showing off their plaque for Deja Vu and then chanting the song's uh, chorus. Uptown Baby, We Gets Down Baby, Upon the Crown Baby, which, you know, if you know, you know. Also, like so many of the best rappers, Steely Dan can be pretty uh, sticky-fingered all on their own. Ricky Don't Lose That Number wouldn't exist without Horace Silver's song from My Father, and Gaucho so closely resembled Keith Jarrett's Long As You Know You're Living Yours, Keith actually took legal action against Steely Dan successfully. So this is a group that wrote with name brand specificity about decadent luxury lifestyles and sang in the voices of criminals and sociopaths, which I guess makes them about as hip hop as possible for a group of nerdy upstate white dudes. Steely Dan would go on to be sampled by De La Soul, Ice Cube, Organized Confusion, Naughty by Nature, Kendrick Lamar, Sleepy Brown, and Kanye very famously 
on his hit Champion, which bit Kid Charlemagne. So I won't spoil the whole thing. You really should read a book that's coming out very soon called Quantum Criminals by the journalist uh, Alex Papademus and my friend, an illustrator named Joan LeMay, which is about as comprehensive a Steely Dan biography as exists out there. But in the meantime, you can listen to the sounds of Deja Vu. New York to the heart, but got love for all. Lie die in the fire where I learn the ball. Uptown is the place where I lay my dome. On the streets of the Bronx where my family roam. Oh damn it, we home. Peter got a nine millimeter. Player haters can feel the flame for my heater. I never really liked to play a fool like that, but I love to succeed. Z falls fall flat. Splat. Like deja vu, and I got another clip down a deja crew. I said, pissed out, dumb P, mo with the pissed out. Just cause I'm pissed, don't mean you should miss out. Keep them in the fitties and hundreds all arranged. Anything less than that, you keep the change. Not filthy rich, but bitch, I'm barely broke. Blessed with flows to keep you hooked like dope. Friends call me guns, sons call me trife. Cause I'm quick to slide off and slide this dick up in your wife. And that's life, you should learn how to treat her. I guarantee Peter knows how to eat her and beat her. Niggas in the Bronx call me Lex, cause I push a Lex, and I rock a Rolex, and I lounge on Lex, and I love sex, and I wave texts on sets that be trying to flex, like Dex, nigga God rest your soul, but when you're playing cards with guns, it ain't no time to fold, ho. New York niggas got crazy game, but out of town niggas is all the same, Brooklyn niggas get crazy loot, that's because when it's beat they ain't scared to shoot, all them niggas know how to play, Mac the 600 getting crazy pay, niggas out of Queens got shit. Corey bringing the inside info, and there's some very exciting uh, news coming up with Corey. He's working on a book about EPs. That's all I'm going to say right now, but we're definitely going to talk about it more, and I'm sure we'll have him uh, on the show to talk about it when that uh, happens sometime next year. Right now, we have, you know, um, just to mention, when I do these, I just put them together in the order I get them. I get the submissions, and then I put it together. So I happen to have, uh, I think this has happened before, to um, uh, British patrons, and they uh, they contribute right in a row. So I'm not stacking my British people together. It's just how it worked out. And uh, first, we have a contribution from Mr. Steve Carroll. Hey, everybody. It's Steve Carroll. This is an interesting topic. So we're not talking about covers. And we're not talking about, you know, rip-offs, blatant rip-offs like Led Zeppelin. Um, but an artist that takes a piece and uses it to create something new, perhaps even honouring the original at the same time. And uh, an artist that I think that's done that over the years is Billy Bragg. And if you're familiar with his work, you'll, you'll hear all kinds of musical nods from everything from Woody Guthrie and Bob Dylan to Motown and R&B. And one particularly cheeky nod to the kinks when he uses the phrase dedicated swallower of fascism. But one of my favourite songs of his is this little spoken word number he did uh, being accompanied by Johnny Marr on guitar. And apparently, he just told Johnny just to play anything he wanted. And Johnny chose this piece that's an acoustic rendition of the famous song uh, Walk Away Renee, and uh, for which he used this spoken word poem thing over the top. And the end result, I think, is, is really pretty cool. It's, it's unique, it's something new, honors the original, and, uh, and it's a really enjoyable piece. So I hope you like it. It's Walk Away Renee version by Billy Bragg. Take it easy. She said it was just a figment of speech. And I said, you mean figure? And she said, no, figment, because she could never imagine it happening. But it did. When we first met, I played the shy boy. And when she spoke to me for the first time, my nose began to bleed. She guessed the rest. The next day, we went on a bus ride to the ferry. And when nobody came to collect our fares, well, I knew then this was something special. I couldn't stop thinking about her. And every time I switched on the radio, there was somebody else singing a song about the two of us. It's just like being on a fast ride at the fun fair. The sort you want to get off because it's scary, and then as soon as you're off, you want to get straight back on again. But oh, love is strange, and you have to learn to take the crunchy with the smooth, I suppose. She began going out with Mr. Potato Head. It was when I saw her in the car park with his coat around her shoulders that I realised. I went home and thought about the two of them together 
until the bathwater went cold around me. I thought about her eyes and the curve of her breasts, and about the point where their bodies met. I confronted her about it. I said, I'm the most illegible bachelor in town. Thank you, Steve. That's said, great. Yeah, I love, you know what? I love Billy Bragg. So how did I never hear that song before? I don't, I don't know. This is great. This is why I love doing these episodes because uh, there's so much new music that I get exposed to and hopefully you guys get uh, exposed, you guys and gals get exposed to as well. And now also from across the pond, I'd like to welcome back to the show. Take it away, Paul Marfleet. Hi Rob and fellow TIGMH listeners, Paul Marfleet in the UK here with my pick of a song which wouldn't exist without another song. For this episode, it seemed only fitting to choose some dub reggae, a genre based entirely on remixing and reimagining existing songs. When thinking about dub music, the first names that come to mind are Lee Perry and King Tubby, and for good reason. These two figures are probably dub's most important pioneers, both in terms of the quantity and quality of their output. However, there are many other great producers making dub records in Jamaica during the mid to late 70s. One of those was Tapazuki, and it's the track Dub MPLA from his 1976 album In Dub that I've chosen to include in this episode. Dub MPLA sees Tapazuki reworking the instrumental track MPLA by the Revolutionaries, the house band for Channel One Studios, which included Sly Dunbar and Robbie Shakespeare on drums and bass respectively. The title is no doubt a reference to the People's Movement for the Liberation of Angola, which had won independence for their country the previous year, and were name-checked in Anarchy in the UK, another 1976 release. When listening to WMPLA, two things really stand out to me. The first is Tabazuki's love of horns. They're really high in the mix. The second is that, unlike some of his contemporaries, he's not one for gimmicks. Apart from a customary echo and reverb, the mix is clean and unfussy, which just serves to emphasise how good that Sly and Robbie rhythm section really is. Tapazuki continues to be active in the music industry, although I think he got a raw deal at the hands of Virgin Records in the hunt for the next big thing following the breakout success of Bob Marley. Only 300 copies of In Dub were pressed on its original release. Thankfully it was saved from obscurity by a Blood and Fire reissue in the mid-90s. One to check out if you're a fan of dub. Great. Thank you so much, Paul. All right. Now we have brand new patron. This is a first time contribution from the newest patron, Poison Mapplethor, uh, with a great pick. I, I didn't know whether she, she's been mentioned on the show before, but I didn't know if anyone was uh, going to bring a song and he did. And it's great uh, submission. So take it away, Poison. Hi, Rob. Hi, guys. This is Poison. Um, I'm very excited to share to the Patreon curated episode. I am putting forth Beyonce's All Night, which samples the horn section from Outkast's Spodiote Dopalicious. Basically, in Spodiote Dopalicious, it is a spoken word style rap 
detailing a specific mood of nightclubs in Atlanta in the 80s and 90s. It's very nostalgic, but it gives way to some reflection on a fictional one-night stand um, that results in a baby that the couple can't provide for. Um, The poignance and the mood of that song are reutilized and heightened via the horn section in All Night, which is detailing Beyonce's feelings of um, forgiveness and elation towards her lover who has betrayed her. And it basically references the mood of Spodioti Dobelicious in order to give context to those feelings, give context to the weight, but also the joy and the love of what she's deciding to return to. They're both very different lyrically. Um, Like I said, one is a spoken word, the other is more of a traditional song. One is in the center of of the record, the other is at the end of it. Um, But they're both connected by this very specific horn section, which helps punctuate the feelings of, that was my phone, of forgiveness. And they're just both very vulnerable. Found the truth beneath your lies And true love never has to hide True love never has to hide Trade your broken wings for mine Trade your broken wings for mine I've seen your scars and kissed your crime Seen your scars and kissed your crime So many people that I know they just trying to touch you up and rub up and fill up, kiss up and rub up and fill up on you. Give you some time to prove that I can trust you. Again, I'm gonna kiss up and rub up and fill up, kiss up and rub up and fill up on you all so much poison look at that you gotta love it beyonce on that record got me high i'm sorry you just have to love it you do i i will not uh i will not take any disparaging words about beyonce she is a treasure and i'm gonna always stand by that all right now we have uh, another longtime patron uh mr gary messick with a great pick as usual take it away gary hi rob and that record got me high listeners I'm Gary Messick, and the song that I've chosen is The Beautiful by 90s hip-hop slash R&B slash rock slash alternative slash pop duo PM Dawn from their first album of the heart of the soul and of the cross, The Utopian Experience. Prince B, birth name Atrell Cordis, who tragically died from complications of diabetes in 2016, and DJ Minute Mix, birth name Jarrett Cordis, were two brothers who as kids immersed themselves in a wide variety of music, and one of the bands they were most taken with was the Beatles. In fact, PM Don's first four albums all contain at least one Beatles reference, the most blatant being their brilliant cover of Norwegian Wood on their second LP, The Bliss Album, Vibrations of Love and Anger, and The Ponderance of Life and Existence. They did have a thing for long album titles. The Beautiful utilizes most of the first line, both words and melody, of the Beatles' Baby You're a Rich Man, for a song in which Prince B contemplates his inner feelings with poetic, self-deprecating wit. He neither raps nor sings on this track. It's more of a recitation, I suppose. In keeping with its title, the song is beautiful, strange, and original. I love the dreamy mood and the way it unexpectedly gives way to electric guitar riffing at the end. P.M. Dawn are among my all-time favorite artists, 
And if you're not familiar with them and Prince B's genius songwriting, so packed with brains, wit, feeling, great rhymes, and incredible melodies, I strongly urge you to check them out. Gary, and now we have patron Richard Farnell with a really great pick, uh, something, uh, a band and a person I had never heard of before, and uh, definitely listening to this made me want to dig into it more, which I have been doing, so uh, take it away, Richard. Hi, Rob. It's Richard Farnell over in Manchester in the UK. Uh, My submission for the episode is by Business of Dreams from his 2019 album, uh, Ripe for Anarchy, which was my favourite album of that year, without a question. Corey Cunningham is the guy in question. He's from Terry Maltz and various other Slumberland bands. And uh, the song in question is I Feel Dread. And it's about listening to Julian Cope in a lonely little room. says, they're inside my lonely little room, headphones on, and I'm singing along to St. Julian. The music's all I've got, these songs are all I've wanted. And I think that's something we can all relate to. So that's my submission. Business of Dreams, that's Corey Cunningham from Terry Maltz, from the album Ripe for Anarchy. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> And once again, I'm just doing these in the order I get them. I'm not I'm not putting it together on purpose, but we do have uh, a submission from Mr. Nick Riley. So take it away, Nick. 
Hi Rob, Nick here calling from Stockport in the northwest of England. My choice for this episode is Something Wicked This Way Comes from magazine bass player Barry Adamson. It was used on the soundtrack to the David Lynch film Lost Highway. It's a really cool sounding instrumental that heavily samples Spooky by Gary Walker in the rain. In the cool of the Some more keen-eared patrons may also hear three other samples from the likes of Massive Attack, Francois Hardy and Brother Jack McDuff. All these records certainly got me high and I hope they get you high too. Bye. much nick that's great all right when we do episodes like this with themes that are sometimes a little wordy themes sometimes people i mean and and then sometimes people say well i don't know if this fits and it's fine i've never i've only once actually told someone made someone pick again and it was just because they clearly didn't understand it at first and they sent something that didn't make sense and i told them and they go oh yeah i don't know why i did that uh, but but it's fine for the most part And uh, now our next patron, Alan Zweig Who always usually likes to uh, think outside the box And he sort of did again this time He questioned whether it really did fit But uh, and he was wondering if he would get a passing grade But yeah, you do get a passing grade Because I believe this, uh, this is a great pick And I think it fits the theme And I'm going to hand it over to Alan Hi Rob, hello the rest of you This is Alan from Toronto Trying to answer this installment of Patreon questions, and this time I'm drawing a blank. I got nothing. I could Google it, but Googling seems to go against the spirit of the things. This is reminding me of a particular a grade nine history exam that I failed when I didn't understand any of the questions, but I wrote down everything I knew about feudal England, and the teacher said, well, that's very interesting, Mr. Zweig, but that's not the question I ask, and he gave me a zero. That could happen again this time, but I'm going with a song I've wanted to share in previous Patreon episodes, a song that doesn't reference a single song as much as it references genres of songwriting, and particularly one artist's song. The song is Johnny Mathers' Feet from the American Music Club. In the song, Mark Eitzel, the songwriter, shows Johnny Mathis his songs, later also his collection of punk rock posters, and appears to ask what he's doing wrong. And Johnny tells him... You're pushing it out there too hard. You don't even believe what you're saying. My favorite line is when Johnny tells him, you got to learn how to disappear in the silk and amphetamine. I had a chance to hang out with Mark Eitzel 20 years ago when he agreed to be in my film, I Curmudgeon. And it makes sense to me that he wished he could be a showman or a crooner like Johnny Mathis. And that he also knew he could never be Johnny Mathis. And that's what I love about this song. Johnny Mathis, it turns out, is still alive, and since it's Pride Week, I guess, it's worth mentioning that Johnny Mathis eventually did come out of the closet. It's hard for me to imagine Mark in the closet, but he actually was when this song came out, so maybe there's a whole other subtext to this song, but you won't hear it if Rob fails me, gives me a zero for Johnny Mathis' feet. I lay all my songs at Johnny Mathis's feet 
I said, Johnny, Johnny, tell me, can you tell me how to live? All my hopes are unraveling, and I just lost my lease. On my house without love, doors or windows without peace. And with a wave of his jewel encrusted hand Across the glittering Las Vegas scene He said, you gotta learn how to disappear in the silk And amphetamine Johnny looked at my songs and he said Well, at first guess Never in my life Have I ever seen such a mess Why do you say everything As if you were a thief Like what you stole has no value Like what you preach is All right, Alan, thank you so much you get a hundred for that assignment. You are fine. Don't worry, but we still may need to talk after class about some other things, but uh, you know, we'll take care of that later. All right. Now we have patron Matt Marzullo with a really cool pick uh, by a band that I've loved. And I was, I've been waiting. I'm thinking some uh, someday someone's going to bring uh, one of their albums to the show. Cause I really love this band and I feel like they're, they're unheralded in a lot of ways, but I'm going to hand it over to Matt. Hey Rob, this is Matt. In 1989, Big Audio Dynamite released a song called James Brown. I was a fan of the band, but wasn't initially too impressed with this song. It obviously was a takeoff on JB's song, Living in America, which was a big hit for him a few years earlier. But as I listened to the song more and more, I realized a few things. The lyrics were a totally bonkers, embellished summary of JB's legal troubles at the time, with references to spousal abuse, brandishing a weapon with intent to kill, and of course the multi-state high-speed car chase that eventually landed him in prison. But to make things even better, a year or two later, I watched a rerun of an awful episode of Miami Vice in which Brown played the leader of a UFO cult. I recognized that some of his lines from that episode were used as spoken word samples in the Big Audio Dynamite song. Add it all up and I can't help but love this song now for its sheer ridiculousness. It's hard to interpret it as an homage or tribute to JB. If anything, it ridicules his situation and paints him as a pathetic and delusional figure. I'm not sure if living in America is actually sampled, but lyrics from it and it's a man's 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 world are definitely referenced. Check it out. Speaking of 
wordy motherfuckers. We have patron Todd Nolan, who's great. He's a great guest on the show. And when he brings these, he, I mean, he does it. There's a production value and there's information and it goes on. And he usually always goes over the two minute guideline I give, but it's fine because it's always a great pick. And this is another uh, great submission, a great song by a band I'd, I've heard of and I've listened to some and I really like, but I need to listen to more of them. And it's just awesome. So take it away, Todd. Hey there, Mellow Maniacs. It's Todd Nolan from Nashville, Tennessee, scratching and sampling my way into your ear holes with my pick for the song that samples, references, or pays tribute to another song, while of course getting me high as hell. When Rob dropped the needle on the theme for this patron-curated episode, I didn't jump down a rabbit hole to pick my song. I just threw it on the back burner and figured it would either just reveal itself naturally to me, or I could always just scramble like a fucking lunatic at the very last second to find one. So, this past weekend, my wife Carrie, my son Jasper, and I all went to the Reset Music Festival here in Nashville, on the day that Idols and LCD Sound System were going to play. I've seen LCD once, but have wanted to see Idols now for a while, and by the way, what a fucking show put on by both bands. Anyway... After a couple of songs into their set, Idol singer Joe Talbot, who, by the way, was decked out in a rapidly falling apart white lacy dress, barely held together by duct tape, announced that the next song was all about racist and fascist meatheads that have kicked his ass in the past, and then the band furiously broke into Never Fight a Man with a Perm. I instantly knew the choice had been made for me. At the end of the first verse, Idols pays homage to the 1966 Lee Hazelwood number one hit song, These Boots Are Made for Walkin'. Recorded famously by Nancy Sinatra, by amping it up with a hefty dose of toxic masculinity and changing the lyrics to, These boots are made for stomping, and that's just what they'll do. One of these days, these boots are going to stomp all over you. Lee Hazelwood originally intended to record these boots for himself, but Nancy Sinatra convinced him that coming from a man's perspective, it would seem too harsh and abusive. But coming from a woman's perspective, it was perfect. And considering that harsh and abusive was the angle that idols were going for, why not just change it all the way from walking to stomping? It's a rallying cry for men to come to terms with the dangers and ugliness of unchecked masculinity. And for Talbot, it was a portal into his own dark past, a way to stir up feelings of shame for his own shameless behavior and manifest it into something beautiful. I first heard Never Fight a Man with a Perm on the British show Peaky Blinders. In fact, it was the first place I heard any idol songs, of which there are several throughout the seasons. Their music, ripe with social commentary and rage, perfectly fits the mood of the show, and I was hooked as a fan. So, to finally see them live was a huge thrill for me, and to hear those satirically revamped Nancy Sinatra lyrics just sealed the deal for my pick. Mind you, LCD Sound System did pull into a very close second with their song Losing My Edge, where they name check a literal fuckload of bands. And when they performed it live at the Reset concert, they even briefly broke into Daft Punk and Yaz songs upon mentioning their names. So friggin' cool. But for now, it's time to put concrete to leather, turn walking into stomping, and get down to idols and their song, Never Fight a Man with a Perm, from their 2018 album, Joy as an Act of Resistance.
one Todd to another Todd. Now we have patron Todd Bauk. I'm not, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to let Todd explain it all to you. Take it away, Todd. Hey there, TRGMH. It's Todd from Portland, Oregon again. A song that wouldn't exist without another song. Man, I did a whole episode about this with episode 288 about the Gaslight Anthem's 59 sound. What I learned while making that episode was that anyone building a song, let alone most of an album, referencing the work of others, has to be a huge music fan. Without that knowledge and finesse, it's probably an awful experience for a listener, and I'm sure the musician as well. So what about my song? Well, I don't have one. Nope, sorry. After the 59 sound, I got nothing. I tried. And like Rob says, don't overthink it. I'm like the lyric in that hidden track on Todd Schneider's first album, Songs from the Daily Planet. It references grunge left and right and then says, silence. Music's original alternative. That's me. Silence. No song. Just kidding. I bet you don't miss that unmeasured silence before a hidden track on a CD from the 90s. Without further ado, here's Talking Seattle Grunge Rock Blues that not only references a song, but a whole era of music. Be well and peace. Hey, hey, my, my, rock and roll will never die. Just hang your hair down in your ass, you'll make a million dollars. I was in this band going nowhere fast We sent out demos but everybody passed So one day we finally took the plunge Moved out to Seattle to play some grunge Washington State, that in Space Needle Eddie Vedder Mutton, honey Flannel shirts, we turn our amps up until it hurts. We got bad attitudes, and what's more, when we play, we stare straight down at the floor while we pretty scary. How pensive, how totally alternative. Now, to fit in on the Seattle scene, you gotta do something they ain't never seen. So, thinking up a gimmick one day, we decided to be the only band that wouldn't play a note. Under any circumstances. Silence. Music's original alternative. Roots grunge. Thank you, Todd. All right. Now, you guys, uh, strap in, everyone. Strap in for this one, because we have patron uh, Bobby Joe, who always really brings it when she brings her submissions. But this one is especially meta for this i mean you really i really had to dig deep with this as far as getting the samples together for it and putting uh what she's talking about and i had no idea that how deep this all went uh but it's awesome it's a great pick so i'm gonna hand it over to bobby joe strumming my pain with his fingers singing my life with his words hey that record got me high folks it's bobby joe great idea rob I love this idea of samples, so I picked um, 1996, huge hit. I was 16 years old, this song was all over the place, and it wasn't until I got older I like realized how cool the samples were. So, it is the Fuji's Killing Me Softly, and it's, it's a remake of Roberta Flack, um, Killing Me Softly, same, same track. But what makes it so good is, I swear, it's this one little sample that makes it completely a masterpiece. And it's that little chime that comes in in about a minute, and then it, it repeats again in about a, two minutes. It's like that do-do-do-do-do, which is actually sampled from Bonita Applebaum, which is sampled from the Rotary Connection, which is the completely coolest band. Apple, 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 apple. 
And when I went through that whole rabbit hole, it completely opened up my eyes. So even when I listened to like the original song, the, the original Roberta Flack song, Killing Me Softly, in my mind, <laughs> implants that little sample, that little chime, that little doo 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 doo, and it makes everything um, kind of go together. So this is my song that I picked for uh, Fuji's Killing Me Softly. Drumming my pain with his fingers, singing my life with his words, killing me softly with his song, killing me softly with his song, telling my whole life with his words, killing so much Bobby Joe that was really great really great all right now we have Eric Arbach with a really great pick uh something I knew I mean I think uh, probably everyone who's of a certain age knows this song but I had no idea what it came from and here's Eric to tell us where it came from hey Rob Eric Arbach from San Francisco here um letting you know the uh the song that uh, got me high that sampled a song that got me high that um I don't know, just uh, borrowed heavily, shall we say. Um, so the song that um, I'm going to, the song that was the original that I'm going to reference here is Liquid Liquid's Cavern from 1983. Uh, New York art punk, post-punk, funk band um, did uh, an amazing song called Cavern, which the following year was borrowed very heavily slash sampled, um, unauthorized by um Melly Mel, Grandmaster Flash, and the Furious Five to create their song White Lines. Uh, both songs are amazing. Um, both songs stand up incredibly on their own, but Liquid Liquid did it first, um, and Grandmaster Flash made it famous. Sadly, I don't think Liquid Liquid got the money they should have gotten for that one, but you know, that's how it goes in the, mu in the uh, music world, right? Thanks. Baby. 
so much, Eric. And now we have Mick Hans. He's going to give you this example. Like I said, things can just be short and sweet. He just, to the point, has a pick. And it's really great because the reference is subtle. It's a very subtle uh, reference to another song in this song. And it's great. So take it away, Mick. Hi, Rob. Mick. And I say, buzz, buzz, buzz. And it's just because my pick is Human Fly by The Cranks, which of course name checks the song by Question Mark and the Mysterious. And while 98% of the audience here I'm sure is familiar with the song, for the 2% who maybe aren't, I don't want to ruin it for you, so let's just play it. it do you believe that's it that's the show i mean come on everyone what can you say this was great right uh so much great music so much great songs i really love uh all the submissions i get and i love how everyone thinks out of the box and i love how i get to hear all this new stuff so uh don't forget once again if you want to become a patron of the show and participate in these episodes you can go to patreon.com forward slash trjmh become a patron of the show all right my pick i thought of it i followed my advice like i always tell people don't overthink things it's the first thing i thought of and i said yeah man this is gonna be it it's about an artist called mia and i remember uh years ago my daughter my daughter Corey was listening to this and i hear this song and i'm like oh that's uh the clash uh, straight to hell and then and then listen to it more i'm gonna go wait no that's not and she goes no what's that and uh so I, uh, of course, I dad explained to her, well, you know, that song's originally The Clash. And then so she uh, dug in and, and got The Clash song and listened to that. And she said, oh, that's a great song. But this is it's a really great example of an artist taking uh, something that they clearly uh, that they clearly like and have an attraction to and make it their own, which she did. And it is, as uh, as the members of The Clash uh, said, Mick Jones uh, said on this, Mick Jones and Paul Simonon said, this is a punk rock doing something like this because this is what punk uh, was all about. And she's, uh, MIA is also a bit of an activist and uh, she got in trouble. I think she was on in trouble with the U.S. government for a while. And anyone that gets, uh, that gets in trouble by the government for lyrics, I mean, that's a punk rock as you can get. But uh, aside from me loving The Clash and loving The Clash song, this in itself, I think, is a really great song. I think she did a great job and uh, I just really love it. So thanks again, everyone, for listening. Thank you to all my patrons especially. But if you're not a patron... Thank you anyway. I really appreciate all of my listeners. I'm Rob Elba. We'll see you all again. I fly like people get high like planes. If you catch me at the border, I got visas in my name. If you come around here, I'll make a more day. I get one down in a second if you wait. I fly like people get high like planes. If you catch me at the border, I got visas in my name. If you come around here.
democracy. Yeah, I got more records in the KGB. So, uh, no funny business.